Okay, so there's a lot rattling around the old dome this morning. And I think what it's going to be anchored to is this idea of loaded words. Now, I had a quick Google search for the meaning of loaded words and nothing really jumped out at me, but loaded itself has a has a definition. And according to the internet, there's two main ones. So the first one is carrying or bearing a load, especially a large one. So a load is something that needs to be transported. You transport a load. Then the second one is weighted or biased towards a particular outcome. And the example is a trick like the one with the loaded dice. So in relation to loaded words, I'm going to do what I can to explain what I mean by a loaded word by using the analogy shocker of a loaded dice. So I'm sure you can buy a loaded dice online that will be a perfect cube and it'll have six digits or six dots on one dot on one side, two dots on the other side. You know what a fucking dice is. But a loaded dice, I'm sure you can buy a loaded dice online that no matter how hard you throw it, how fast you throw it, how slow you throw it, how much you spin it, it'll always land on six or one or four or whatever way it's loaded to. And I think that's a good example for the term loaded words because loaded words, they contain a they contain a bias. When you use a loaded word, it, it tends to invoke a strong positive or negative meaning to some degree and the loaded words that I tend to use quite a bit and especially of late are soul and mind and spirit now another thing aside from the positive and negative connotations of a loaded word one of the hallmarks I think of a loaded word is that they're not very well defined per se so it depends on who you're speaking to and the context and all the rest of it as to what you mean by this loaded word And what set me down this path originally was, I mentioned in a previous episode this idea that two things that kind of cross the mind-soul barrier or the ego-spirit barrier or whatever words you want to put on that are metaphor and hyperbole. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, fuck, autistic people don't really get metaphor or hyperbole or hyperbole they tend to take people very literally now at this point i have to stress and i cannot stress this enough i'm reaching with all like i'm reaching for the most part with everything that i talk about but i'm particularly reaching here and i want to premise this with i'm no expert in fucking autism by any stretch of the imagination i have a couple of friends who have kids that are autistic i appreciate that there's a spectrum because i've fucking seen it some kids you wouldn't know you could spend the weekend with them and you wouldn't know they were on the spectrum and then other kids you'd know by looking at them through a telescope that there was something seriously wrong with them and autism as i understand it isn't incredibly well understood by the experts in the field so i think i can be forgiven for not having this perfect by any stretch of the imagination and the last thing i want to do is rub somebody up the fucking wrong way but I had, I had a moment when I was driving along and I was thinking, fuck, autistic kids don't really get hyperbole and metaphor because they, they tend to take things quite literally to their detriment quite a bit. And what that evoked in me was this thought, which I'm not taking ownership by the way of, by the way. It's just a, a thought. It's just something that populated in my mind and I'm sharing this thought that popped into my head. I thought to myself, maybe autistic kids don't have souls or have less of a soul than people who aren't autistic. 
And the second that that thought popped into my head, I went, Jesus Christ. Like, that's, that's palpably wrong. Like, you're, you're, you're way off there, Frano. Fucking hell. But then I started thinking about it. If I didn't use the word soul, because soul is a very loaded word, I would argue. If I didn't know what to call the thing that I was just trying to describe and I didn't use the word soul and I couldn't find a word that was good enough. I didn't like soul. I didn't like spirit. I didn't like divinity. I didn't like any of these kind of terms, God or anything else. If I said to myself, you know what? None of these terms are exactly what I'm describing. I'm going to have to make up a word for it. So for the purposes of, of this musing, I'm going to use tata, something I just made up there on the spot. So if I was speaking in terms of tata and mind and I floated the idea that autistic children don't have tata or don't have, has, don't have as much tata, I don't see why people would be rubbed up the wrong way because how can you, be, how can you get upset at the idea that I'm talking about something which I can't name and have to make up a word for and now I'm saying that your kid may be lacking in that or might or might be devoid of it entirely. So I think I can I could get away with that, but I obviously couldn't get away and would never say or even imply that people with autistic, no matter where they are in the spectrum, have any less fucking souls than anybody else. Like to to make this to concretize this and make this absolutely perfectly clear, I'm not making that judgment by any stretch of the imagination. None whatsoever. But I want to I want to exercise this out of me because I find it hard to kind of move on if I don't get this shit out of me. And I don't want I don't want to make these recordings with the people listening in mind. And I know I am doing that in this episode to a degree, but I think I should do it to a degree. It certainly shouldn't and isn't at the fore of my mind. But there is what I suppose Jung would have called the collective unconscious in each and every one of us. And my inner group of people kind of all pointed at me and, went, and wagged their fingers and shook their heads and went, fucking hell, Frano. Oh my God, don't be fucking saying shit like people with fucking autism don't have souls. Get a fucking grip, lad. And that's, that's important. Like the things that I'm always saying that you should get out of your own way. And you should. But there are things you probably shouldn't get completely out of your way of. Like, if, if you have it in your head that you want to rob a bank or rape somebody, but you're, you know, you're, you keep getting in your own way, like, that's vitally important. And I mentioned something similar to this previously, the idea of being, of being too off the lead. So the analogy is society or culture or whatever you want to call it, that's the dog owner. You're the dog and society slash culture has you on a lead. And I'm recommending that people creative people say or a particular type of people or anyone who likes the idea of it should break the shackles of society and culture creative people for the most part because conservative people's conservative conservative people want to stay on the lead they want to they don't want to rock the boat they want to stay in their lane and they don't want to push the boundaries and all the rest of it that's the realm of of creative people of open people but i think that you should be careful how far off the lead you go because if you run off the lead and run for the fucking horizon, at some point you're going to find yourself without anything to fall back on. 
and you're not going to have anywhere to sleep and you're not going to have anything to eat and you're going to starve to fucking death. What I'm recommending is you break the shackles of your culture and your society, but you don't stray too far from it. So you can run over and sniff the tree and run into this house that you're not supposed to run into and hop the back, hop the garden wall and chase a cat and enjoy yourself and, and be yourself and, and to thrive and to explore and to discover and all the rest of it. But all the while, you know, not drifting too far from society and culture. Because if nothing else, we're, we're social animals, we're social creatures. We, we literally need interaction with other human beings. Human babies will literally die if they're not handled. So if you take a baby that's just been born and you put it in a, you know, a room full of robotic arms that can change its fucking nappy and can give it milk and it wants for nothing from a purely biological standpoint. It's warm enough, it's bright during the day, it's dark when it goes to sleep, it gets enough nutrition, it gets enough water and all the rest of it. It will literally die from lack of human interaction. It's a basic human need, in infancy at least. An adult, once they've gotten that start in life, when they become an adult, they can go and live in a cave for fucking 40 years and never see anyone or speak to anyone and be perfectly fine. Not everybody, it'd be a very particular type of person that could pull off something like that. But people pull that kind of stuff off all the time. Mad bastards. Another thing that I mentioned recently was I didn't know, and I'm going to go back to using the words soul and mind because I don't have, I don't have better ones. I, I said in a previous episode, I didn't know what the split should be. Should you be 50% soul and 50% mind? Or 80-20 or 90-10 or 10-9-90? Or what way should the split be? And what I've just been thinking about recently is the idea that it depends on who you are. Like, if you just, think, if you just take myself and the wife, for example... I will be a lot more creative than her. And she will be a lot more conservative than me. So I wonder, is, is there a split there? Am I, you know, 75, 20%, 75%, 25% loaded in favour of soul over mind? And is she 75%, 25% loaded in favour of mind over soul? The idea being that there's, there's no right or wrong. I'm no better than her and she's no better than me. And then all of this made me think of, instead of individuals like myself and the wife, cultures. Like, black people, or African-Americans, say, in particular, they have a reputation, at least, for being more soulful. And that got me thinking of their fucking, of their history. And I, it just, I just started thinking in terms of, of slavery and, and what fucking happened to them. And I started thinking that... Like what was what 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 specifically happened to them? Like they were enslaved, but that's a very all-encompassing thing. It's it's not very specific. So on the more specific end of things, in the context of what I'm talking about, they were stripped of their language for a start, and they were stripped of their names. And those two things are very ego-based. Like language is the realm of the ego or the realm of the mind, and they were stripped of that. They were stripped of their names, and they were stripped of their language. And that made me think: Is that what makes them more soulful? Because when you, if somebody is, let's say, 50% soul and 50% ego, but you take their language and their, their names away from them, does that by fault, by default, rather, make them more soulful? Do they, do they compensate? Do they have to compensate? 
another thing that they were stripped of was their history. But then I started thinking of, of, of history because there's there's learned history, there's there's history that you're taught you're, you're you're taught about in school, but that's all language based. That's all that's all ego, that's all stuff that you know as opposed to stuff that you get, because there's embodied history. Because you you your 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 particular type of instinct and nature comes out of the culture that you that you're ancestors for the last god knows how many hundreds if not thousands if not ten thousands of years have had so although the the black people that we would now refer to as african americans who came to where they are in the world via the fucking slave trade their known history was stripped from them but their embodied history i don't think you can take that from somebody that's like taking somebody's instinct away and what all of that what all of that made me think of was so that's i've 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 picked out a, a culture that's kind of recognized as being more soulful than others and what that makes me think of then is are there cultures out there that are less soulful or more mindful or thoughtful for want of better words again these these words are kind of loaded but like even even if you say if like I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking with the Germans, okay? But to call the Germans less soulful than somebody else, it's hard not to take that as a, as some sort of a, a denigration or some sort of a slur. And I I don't mean this in the least. There's no right or wrong in what I'm saying here. These are just these are just fucking thoughts. This is me just thinking extemporaneously and striving to see what comes out of the wash. But Germans aren't known for their soulfulness. They're certainly not known for their sense of humor. They're certainly not known for their laughter. Now, I'm not making the case that they're devoid of it, but the stereotype of German people is that they're, in my terminology, they're 99% mind and 1% soul. And it makes a certain amount of sense, I suppose, that if a person can be more soulful or less soulful than a culture could be. And I think if there were cultures that you could point to that were kind of opposites of each other, African-American culture and German culture, I think, would would fit that bill quite well. And in an effort, I suppose, to, to close out this episode, what I'm thinking now is something that I've said before, and it's this idea that any any good discussion that you're going to have with somebody, it should start with a definition of terms. Because if you want to talk about, I don't know, let's say racism, you want to have a conversation about racism, you need to define the term because some some people think racism means something slightly different than somebody else. Or somebody could interpret the dictionary definition slightly different. They could be viewing it from a different perspective. That's not to say that they're right or they're wrong, but their 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 difference needs to be their difference needs to be highlighted from the outset because otherwise you'll just bang heads for fucking four hours and then at the end of it you'll realise that you're not really talking about the same thing. And I'm kind of reverse engineering that now because I've spent endless hours talking and thinking about the mind-soul divide and what it means to have soulfulness and to be mindful and all the rest of it. But I've never really defined the terms. And you'll often hear me say, you know, soul, mind, spirit, ego, whatever way you want to word that. But what's coming out of the wash of this episode is that what I really need to do is define my terms. And on that note, I'll chat you tomorrow.